Welcome to Catching Up with Kevin. And me, Seabass, episode five today. <laughs> yes, episode five of 100 millions. million. Yeah, millions, I would say. I hope that you are good today, Kevin. Well, oh, me? I thought yeah. you were talking to the audience. No, why no I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Me. We just uh, went to Dunkin' Donuts. Got ourselves some Coca-Cola and a well, couple donuts, too. I got a Coke. No, I didn't. You got a Coke. I'm I sorry. I got a Coke. I mixed you those got up a once again. Hot I got hot chocolate salted caramel edition. Mm, I burned my tongue on it because I'm dumb and I don't know how to drink hot drinks. He's very young. Um, <laughs> I'm 12. He's like 12. I'm like 12. Yeah. Plus 10. Mm. Eh, debatable. De- debatable. So... Today, we're going to talk about... A bunch of stuff. Yeah, just a cornucopia of uh, topics. It's basically Thanksgiving up in this bitch. <clears throat> wow. Um, <laughs> that's not a fun sound, but... I think the first thing that you want to talk about is probably TV's number one most MCIS. talked about. <laughs> no, that's not that's How not about true. that Paget yeah. Brewster? Is she that's, on NCIS, or is she on Criminal Minds? <laughs> that's Criminal Minds. Okay. I can see why you would mix those up, though. Paget. Kevin. What? You watched a very popular show mm-hmm. that concluded its run yeah. for the season this past Sunday night. Yes. And that show is on HBO. It is a drama starring Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. It is called... <laughs> Go ahead. True detective. True detective. True detective. True detective. So, so I think the question on everybody's mind is obviously who was the true detective? Was it us? Were, were um, we the it true was de- us the whole time. Okay, that was the uh, yeah because Matthew McConaughey kind of looked at the camera and he's like, "It was you the whole time." You and it was such a great moment. I and, and like you, I teared up. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. You know what? <laughs> you 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 would think something like that wouldn't work, but they got it, it right. Really did. They got it when right. When they get Matthew McConaughey, they just 
Nailed it. And just he just finger pointed at the camera oh, and said right, his, all right, all right. his catchphrase, and that you, was uh, it. You got. I hope you had a good time. That was it. And but. I just I I had a vision of like Emmys falling from the sky. All the Emmys. All of the. Okay. No. Wow. Callback. Callback to all right. Well, four seriously, ago. True Detective was an excellent little <laughs> anthology series in the same vein as. American Horror Story and similar things like that where the story is told within one self-contained season and there are no carryovers to the second season it's just next season's going to be all new cast all new all new everything really new setting I think I'm not sure yet but totally new well have you seen um the little snippet that, uh, I think it, I, it, I don't think it was Kerry Fukunaga. It might have been Kerry Fukunaga that released it. But she, she it's a, it's a, is it a he or, it's a he, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Released, uh, like a small, like one sentence. Oh, yeah. Nick Pizzolatto, the creator and writer. Yeah. He released... talked to Alan Seppenwall and he said that. Alan Seppenwall of hitfix.com. Thank you. And he said that the second season was going to be about hard women, mm-hmm. bad men, mm-hmm. and the secret occult uh, system of, or whatever, society of the tr- the U.S. transportation system. Mm-hmm. And he also said in a previous interview that he's been, like, researching uh, the Southern Californian government law and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, could be California, mm-hmm. something like that. Anyway, so, so that's next year, hopefully, but, but, since okay. I haven't renewed it yet. But. So, first of all, let's go over what are your thoughts. Uh, okay, admittedly, I don't have HBO, so right. I have not watched True Detective. Right. But it has been everywhere. Oh, yeah. People have been talking about it. the blogosphere, all the TV critics are just even the regular, going crazy. Even the regular peeps. Yeah. Going nuts. It sort of replaced the uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Fever. Of People they they needed talking about like every a, episode and an, just... an anti-hero drama back in their life. Right. So and they this definitely to... replaced that because uh, it has a nice outdoor setting and the kind of yeah. evil going on. Not only everything. that, but Matthew McConaughey, who is of course big right now, so he's huge. Yeah, he's huge. So this huge is, career he's even, resurgence, even bigger now than he was. Before Dallas Buyers Club, I think this. I think perhaps combined. this. Yeah, certainly. combined. He's he's the biggest guy in he's Hollywood elevated right now. Elevated to this, a list. Oh yeah, he's a list now. Yeah, he 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 made that climb. Not a lot of people make that climb from B list to A list. I know it's really tough. Yeah, you know, going from D list to B list, that that's pretty doable. Yeah, you can do that. That's you know who easy. did that you, this you, year? Who? June Squibb. June Squibb jumped from D list to B list. Yep. You know, she, but going from B list to A list, it's like tough. a. Big gap, and that's just McConaughey like managed to make it. Twenty feet from stardom is just you're a few feet away, but it's also a huge, okay. huge walk. But McConaughey, but yeah, he just got the right roles, it. right time, and now he's in there. Yeah. So, so if you don't, if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, True Detective is about Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson play these two sort of odd couple, mismatched detectives, and Rust, Matthew McConaughey Rust, plays Rust Cole. Matthew McConaughey plays Rust Cole. He's like a nihilistic, sort of philosophizing, just kind of angry at the world and embittered by all the terrible people and whatnot, and he's always spouting all these negative things. And then you have Woody Harrelson, who plays Marty Hart. 
and he's kind of a family man, a traditional kind of southern boy, and he also has a, a dark side in terms of his desire for self-satisfaction, even if it's other people who have to pay the price for it, such as his family. That's not a spoiler, but it might be. Uh, his wife, played by... Yes, his wife is played by Michelle Monaghan. She plays Maggie Hart. And she is... I was really tempted to say Maggie Smith. Nope. Not Maggie Smith. Not Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is not in True Detective. Yet. 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 So. Yeah, she kind of plays a... The archetypal long-suffering wife, but she also, she gets stronger by the end. Anyway, it's a show that sort of tackles a lot of the familiar tropes involved with sort of like the buddy cop comedy type of thing. They have a really good dynamic between the two of them. And like the southern gothic, because they're solving a mystery involving a serial killer and there's all this symbolism or symbology i should say and religious themes and all that Mm -hmm. so it's a real southern gothic horror type of show it's really fun how much do you know about true detective i know enough to get by (laughs) to get by yeah i know about rust and his soliloquies yeah because that's been everywhere yep and marty and his like, dark stuff, and, of course, the Yellow King and the Spaghetti Man and right. all that stuff. It, the show introduced a lot of, uh, sort of mythological... So, cosmic horror stuff. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they had a lot of characters mention, like, the Yellow King, and they say, they mention a land called Carcosa, and those are both references to a book by Robert W. Chambers called The King in Yellow. And it's kind of just about how Carcosa is this mysterious sort of evil land, but you can't really see it full on, but you know that yeah. it's there. It's, it's all it's like all that. very Lovecraftian stuff, but I want to get to that a little bit later. Um, I think first thing I want to do is what was your impression of the whole season, and how do you think the finale went? Mm-hmm. Well, I I liked every episode, including the finale. Um, I think it really went sort of the traditional path of all good TV dramas, and there are parts of that that are really well-worn. That's kind of, it's sort of been there, done that, but it's presented in a way that's sort of interesting because of the actors involved and just the way it's presented. Um, but there's been a lot of, uh, hubbub about like the mystery of everything and Mm -hmm. trying to solve all these things based on clues and like there's a lot of people that were like looking for in the background for like certain hints Mm -hmm. at what Mm -hmm. might be the answer Mm -hmm. at the end which i think is why the finale was very very divisive right there's a very love it or hate it uh, mentality between the finale because spoilers for the final episode of True Detective, if you don't want to know how this how this current season ends, mm-hmm. uh, maybe skip ahead. I don't know, twenty minutes or so. Yeah, but the, the the season ends basically. It's just about the same as most other 
serial serial killer yeah. TV set There's like and a movies. big chase at the end. And... Yep, where Rust, uh, Rust and Marty uh, go into this dilapidated... They find the serial killer, the yep. main one, at least. Yep, they go into this old mansion and... That sort him. of symbolizes Carcosa and the... All that it has all the symbology that's been mm-hmm. presented mm-hmm. thus far in the series, and but and uh, they they fight them and they they kill them and, and, and the case is closed. Yeah. yeah, but they are stabbed in the process. They are, I mean, they're stabbed in the process. <laughs> and it but, looks but like they're... both of them might die, actually, but then they don't. But then they don't. So, <laughs> so everybody, don't. everybody, everybody uh, walks away. It's a it, it's a, a lot of people... classic uh, good triumphs over evil yep, story. Pretty much, and that's all it ends up being. It's Which a really, isn't necessarily it's, it, a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a very straight ending. The, right. the story closes. Right. For all intents and purposes, no... the story's done. Right. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were... There were a lot of people that... Uh, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. And I think, honestly... they wanted a lot of answers and plot twists and... It's the same, it's the same uh, thing as... Um, Arguably the lost finale. I was going to say it's exactly like how that happened. Yeah. Because everyone was... Everyone wanted was to caught know. up in the mystery of Lost. Yep. And they thought that the finale would solve all of, like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> all these answers from all the way back to season one. And yep. somehow fulfill everything. They wanted everything but tied up. in the end, it wound up just being about the characters and yep. their journey and how they got to this place. I've seen that And that's on... exactly how True Detective ended. That it was about the characters because, honestly, that's yeah. what it has always been about. Yeah. It's just people got caught up in all this mystery and yeah. symbology that they wanted to... Something bigger. That's honestly, I saw more than like half a dozen, a dozen articles, basically saying the same thing. Saying the show wasn't about the Yellow King or right. who the murderer was or mm-hmm. what these people are doing, what that people are doing. This the show was about Rust and Marty. Right. The show was about their dynamic, the way that and they how they evolved. changed yeah. over the course of seventeen years. Yeah. In so then, like, a lot. <laughs> but like, when you like get like a, this is the Yellow King. Like, there's no big reveal or anything. Right. And the other thing that's funny, let me tell you, because I was hanging out with a different group of people on Friday night, my my Pathfinder group, and there, what there's one person, there's because there's not a lot of TV watchers, but there's one person in the group that does watch watch a lot of TV and does watch True Detective, and he was really excited about the cosmic horror stuff the lovecraftian like mythology stuff and i we both thought that that would go somewhere so we were so i think everyone was kind of surprised when it didn't but i don't think i don't think i don't think that means that it won't go somewhere it's not gonna go supernatural there aren't gonna be any monsters popping out any closets anytime soon but the fact that um uh, there is gonna be, like, an explanation of the occult section of the U.S. transportation system next year means that that kind of gothic horror feeling isn't gonna go away. And maybe if, like, the season continues, for all we know, like, again, this is the kind of thing where I'm... It's, it's, it's the pot calling the kettle black, honestly by me saying maybe this will all intertwine maybe all of the seasons will lead up and it'll all be one big story about some giant cult it could be mm. it could do that it could not do that though yeah but i don't know at the end of the day 
I think True Detective, this show that I did not watch, is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really it's, quality it, show. It's good because it focused. It's everyone really likes that the, the serial killer stuff. Serial killers are have been big for a long time now. Yeah, and that's people a got, problem. People got really. I attached. just have to talk about that. Yeah, because people really get caught up in chasing these mysterious yeah. ser- serial killer shows, mm-hmm. when, and when, they're everywhere now. Yeah, and it's terrible. But but. And it's like everyone, nobody cares about like the the heroes of the story. They all want to know who's the killer, what's the killer right. do, what's he, what's he doing. That's the pe- the part that the people look forward to the most is oh. Case well. in point, let me bring this up because I want to. <laughs> Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks was actually compared to True Detective quite often in terms of the mystery, the atmosphere, the character, weird, quirky stuff, the sort of supernatural elements. But True uh, Twin Peaks premiered in 1990 and it had like 20 and 30 million viewers every week season one because everyone wanted to know who killed laura palmer that was the central mystery of the show wasn't the episode where they revealed who killed laura palmer like their highest rated episode of season two yeah but um yeah but they went episode and episode without actually solving the murder and people sort of got frustrated and stopped watching and all this stuff. And so then they finally, ABC pressured them to reveal who it was in the early stage of season two. And then they did it, and it happened. And then after that, everyone just stopped watching because they didn't care anymore. Because even in 1990 and in 2014, I don't think people care that much about characters no people want to see the blood and the guts and the gore they want to see they love no matter how much we might despise killers and maimers and terrorists and whatever you want to call them they're all over the place mm-hmm. they're all over the news they're all over the covers of magazines and rolling stone <laughs> and what have you yes we love killers mm-hmm. we Some love session. killers yep and that's why you have like uh, you have people, like, making t-shirts saying, I am the Yellow King. And it's like, <laughs> you don't want to be him, though. No, he's, a, he's literally he's a, a child rapist child and rapist. murderer. Yeah. I don't, I don't it's, get it. It's, it's symptomatic of, I think, a bigger problem, but... Right, because David Lynch said that Twin Peaks wasn't about solving the case of who killed Laura Palmer. It was about these weird characters and their interactions. Yeah. And that's exactly what both the director and writer of True Detective have said about True Detective. Yeah. That it's just about these two people and their journey. But, I mean, it's, 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 it's funny because, um, what was I going to say? It's like, why do you think shows like CSI and NCIS and Criminal Minds... The whole have, CBS have, network. The C, how do, why do you think the CBS uh, procedurals have been going on for over 10 years. Over 10 years now. For because they're not them. they're not about the characters. Right. It's not about the characters. It's all about Who, solving the cases. Who's the crazy serial killer right. this week? Right. What's the crazy nutso? Who what's his what's his modus operandi? Mm-hmm. Oh, this guy likes bugs a lot. Oh, <laughs> and this guy lives in the sewers and right. but this guy flies around on bat wings. Mm-hmm. But then and that's what you tune in for. Right. And then it's the 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 murder is solved at the end of the episode, and yep, you and you are oh, done. Cool, okay. awesome. We'll come. We'll come and back tune next, in next week and see let's the, see another child murderer. Yeah, we'll see another 
Wang could do. And I think that's what I think there's a contingent of people that that appreciated the artistry of True Detective oh, yeah. and appreciated the characters and the relationships so. yeah. and the the cinematography, the aesthetics. And yeah, then there's a contingent. It's a beautiful show. And there's I a contingent. It is. It's gorgeous. This, the the clips that I've seen <laughs> are gorgeous. Yes. Uh, and then there's a contingent that wants to know who the Yellow King is. Yeah. And then that's and it. And what's he doing? Right. Is he going to get away with it? Right. No. He died. Girl, bye. Girl, bye. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. True Detective. Excellent show. Should be available on HBO Go. Most likely on Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and then season two will be coming up. Which, what? by the way, hasn't actually been announced yet. Season two isn't a thing. There's no way it won't be. I know. Well, I, I know. But I think what they want to do is, like, line up a cast and certain, yeah. like, the story and everything. There's been a lot of rumors it. that there were some, there were a lot of complaints. Maybe we want to talk about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't talk to it as much because, again, I haven't seen as much of the show. But there were a lot of people, there is, there is a fair contingent saying that the show is very woman-unfriendly, very, misogyn- very misogynistic yes. and sexist. Yes. And I can see those complaints. Definitely. And it is a problem. And it's a problem for almost all HBO shows, to be frank. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, the show is about these two men who, first of all, Hart, Marty Hart, played by Woody Harrelson, he's, he's kind of like a womanizer. And that's, that's his worldview. And we're seeing his worldview. And just all these women are just kind of tools for his own satisfaction and they he doesn't genuinely care about them that much not even his own wife and i mean heart is a or no sorry cole is sort of not even really that interested in sex or like anything like that so he doesn't really find much value in in that but I think even though Maggie is sort of presented as a the standard long-suffering, nagging wife in the beginning, she definitely comes into her own over the course of the series as it moves towards the present. She sort of gets her own confidence and really actually really affects the relationship between Cole and Hart in a big way, and she gets what she wants. And then in the end, she uh, has an awesome house and a beautiful new family, and she's happy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of rumors flying around that uh, the second season will have, presumably since it's an anthology, so presumably it'll be two detectives following a case, and rumors going around that it'll be female detectives. Two women, yeah. Two, I think... There would there would be nothing better than seeing two female leads on True Detective. That would be a dream. Yeah, because because wi- women get shafted so much not only on HBO but just on dramas in general. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of dramas where you, where you're gonna find women front and center, and, and even with strong the, roles that yeah. aren't dependent on like yeah. their husband. Yeah, even when or finding a man. Yeah. I think the only... What, what can you think of besides Daenerys Targaryen? On HBO? On any network. Uh, 
I don't know, The Good Wife. I don't watch it. Yeah. But I've heard they have strong female characters. Scandal? Scandal, yeah. I mean, Shonda Rhimes is Shonda great. Shonda Rhimes is, is, great is the queen the, of female leads. Diverse female leads. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. But the point is that there's very few. Yeah, there's very few. And I think having one on True Detective, which is which has proven itself to be a very popular show, mm-hmm. would be uh, um, a boon to the network. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. they need. Yep. Desperately. Yep. <sighs> but I think it will win a lot of Emmys. Because <laughs> it is submitting in miniseries. It's, yeah, miniseries movie categories tend to favor such HBO productions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And especially movie stars in them, like mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. who is 100% locked to win. I'm just saying it now. Someone would have to just come out of the blue and like be like, Hi! I'm playing Jesus or Hitler. <laughs> you, you, they, Jesus, Hitler. Someone would have to be playing either Jesus or Hitler to, yeah. in order to beat Matt McConaughey. Yeah. Come August. Yeah. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So that is Two Detective Corner, brought to you by HBO. It's not Netflix. It's HBO. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a show that I want to talk about while we're here. Hmm. I want to talk about Dan Harmon, who's my favorite. I've been noticing between uh, Mark Maron, Max Landis, and Dan Harmon, I tend to favor creators that are somewhat manic. Manic-depressive, manic, and and crazy. (laughs) um, Wow, okay. After being booted off a community for being Dan Harmon to for being, uh, for being himself more or less, and then subsequently being hired back onto community, uh, he has been super busy. Uh, season five so far has been eighty ninety percent hits, maybe a couple misses, but yeah. the season has been, been good. really really great. Not better than season four. I didn't even watch season four. I, I watched I, I watched two assumed. episodes two episodes of season four, and I said I'm done. Mm-hmm. So, but the show that I want to talk about that is on currently airing on Adult Swim, uh, Mondays at ten thirty is Rick and Morty, which he is doing with Justin Roiland of uh, Adventure Time, and it's basically the uh, Marty McFly Doc Brown. Um, relationship if you added a lot of alcohol to that relationship <laughs> and animated it. And it is very smart, very dark, and a lot of fun. And um, I think it's it's doing s- surprising things. Like what? Um... Obviously, I think we're there was for a long time this kind of dark age of cartoons. <laughs> yeah. For I don't know, 10 15 years like arguably most of the 2000s. There wasn't a lot coming out. Cartooning was kind of considered a low a lowish form, lesser. <laughs> and then Cartoon Network started putting out a lot of really good stuff. They put out Adventure Time. Which is obviously blown up into one of the biggest cartoons today. Mm, regular show, a lot of merchandise. Regular show, which is a little less, uh, has a little less of a following, 
but it's definitely a good, great cult show. Really good writing. Um, obviously, most of the adults in lineup and Rick and Morty is something that was conceived during that uh, interim, while Dan Harmon was off of a uh, community. So now he's got two shows on the air, and Rick and Morty is about Morty, who's a uh, Morty Smith, a little kid, his alcoholic genius grandfather Rick Sanchez and their family Jerry played by <laughs> I'm not prepared for this <laughs> Jeez. doesn't Dude, matter dropping the ball um he's he's on he 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 was the doctor on 30 rock oh uh, Chris Parnell Chris Parnell and Sarah Chalk as the mother nice and the sister and it's basically just a typical adventure of the week show, but it go it. My favorite thing about it is that it always goes somewhere you wouldn't expect. Yeah. And it goes. It takes the uh, the traditional narratives that you're used to, and by the f- first third of the show, just throws it all out the window. I think the one of the latest episodes. Started out as your typical, uh, your typical love love potion episode where Morty says, "Rick, I need a date for the prom, and I need need you to make me a love potion." And he says, "Okay, here's don't tell you, didn't didn't warn you or whatever." <laughs> and then the, the the episode progresses to the point where the entire Earth is turned into mantis people. Sure. And just spirals downhill from there. <laughs> and you wouldn't expect that from any other show. But Rick and Morty goes to really devastating places. Emotion- devastating. Emotionally <laughs> that's devastating that's places. That's a great description of a mm-hmm. cartoon show. Yeah. But at the same at the same time, it's it's the it's the darkest form of humor. But it's really interesting. Um it takes a lot of risks and I dare say that most of them uh pay off. Mm-hmm. There are definitely uncomfortable moments, but yeah. I think that's kind of the point. Yes. Um, if someone is looking for something interesting to watch, if someone is looking for something that's... Outside the box. Definitely off the beaten path. Yes. Um, I think Rick and Morty, I would highly uh, recommend. I know that they're gonna... They, they're already in production for the second season. Um, and I think this one will stick around. I think it's the kind of thing that's gonna have a big cult following. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, because it's it's very very strange. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy it. I like Dan Herman stuff. Um, one more, one other thing that I want to plug of his is the. <laughs> sorry, I'm a really big fan. The Harmon Town boy. The Harmon Town podcast, which he does at uh, Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles every Sunday, and is released through Feral Audio every Monday, and it's him. Uh, his best friend, Jeff B. Davis, who you might know from Whose Line Is It Anyway. His girlfriend turned fiancé. My wife. My wife. My wife. <laughs> uh, Aaron McGathy and their dungeon master, Spencer Crittenden. I don't know what that means. He's the guy that runs their Dungeons & Dragons session, which they do every week. That's cute. Yep. And this is another thing that Dan started... Um, you call him Dan. Dan. This is another thing that Dan Herman started <laughs> after he was fired from a uh, community. From NBC. He needed he needed a place to uh, 
get all an his outlet. ideas out. He, he needed an, he needed outlet. an outlet. And Harmontown was that outlet. And it really grew a lot over the past uh, year, year and a half mm-hmm. since he's been doing it. There's a lot of philosophical discussions, a lot of him exposing himself, not literally, but like metaphorically. I certainly hope not. Metaphorically speaking. Um, he is, he's not afraid to dig on himself. He's not afraid to tell everybody how fucked up he is, how <laughs> much of a alcoholic mess he is. But at the same time, uh, it's something that I enjoy listening to every week because it's, it's rare that you see someone who is both so incredibly self-loathing and also so very egotistical. Hmm. <laughs> But there's a warmth to it, and there's a sincerity and an honesty to it. I think the difference between Dan Harmon and a lot of people that you'll see working in the media, in the entertainment biz, is that sense of authenticity. Is that sense of... He's, he's not bullshitting you in, a, in any sort of way. He's being straight, and he's being to the point. <laughs> and I like listening to that every week. Um, and refreshing. He, he's, he's made me think a lot over the past... Uh, year about perspectives that I wouldn't have thought of uh topics things like that and the dynamic between the four leads on the show and the uh, occasional like viewers no not viewers but audience members that they bring them to the stage it's all very interesting it's a lot and it's it's a lot of fun I think it's one of the best podcasts out there today it's not a uh, conventional it's not a sit-down podcast like you'd find with a Nerdist or Marin's podcast or Comedy Bang Bang. But it is, it's an interesting uh, listen. And I would recommend it to anybody who likes to think and laugh. And live, laugh, love. Live, laugh. I would say. Live, laugh, love. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Well... I actually thought of something that I would like to discuss with you. Yeah. About uh, the state of television comedy, sort of going off of what you've been te- what you've been saying. Are because we talking? Are we talking overall network? Mostly, like live action network uh-huh. and cable mm-hmm. comedy, because I think it's starting to fail again. <laughs> it's in a state of limbo. Yeah. It's definitely. We had this really great comedy renaissance, and then shows started uh, wrapping up. Yeah. And now we're we're again at this impasse where shows will we'll get 20, 30 pilots every, uh, well, 20. We'll get like 20 pilots coming out from across all networks every yeah. every fall, and then like two, three of them make the cut. Maybe, yeah. And then of those three, like two get canceled yeah. mid-season. Yeah. It's hard. The one lucky one. It's difficult to find <laughs> those comedies tough. these days. Mm-hmm. Especially good ones. Oh yeah. Because, especially I should say on the networks, because it is very, it's, I mean, can you think of any comedies that have been new comedies that have been a success this year? Brooklyn Nine Nine. No. No. Even though it's critically acclaimed. And there's a certain amount of young sort of people buzzing about it. There are okay. There aren't any successful comedies anymore, except for Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. And Modern Family. 
And Modern Family, but like outside of that, like I think in terms of successful, I would definitely say Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if only because every other comedy this season is going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is going to be the only show that survives from this past fall season. This that's, only comedy that survives no, from this past That's not true. What else is going to survive? Uh, the Millers. Well, CBS, CBS doesn't count. Oh, C- I'm sorry. Well, it does. <laughs> I know CBS and... counts. Mom, which is a surprisingly good show, and it's very underrated, and, and also, nobody's talking about it when they should be. Well, that's because duh, not it's not Big Bang Theory, and there's no <laughs> Sofia Vergara. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because basically, those are the only two comedies on the air now. That people are interested in. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate. Since, I mean... Even though I say that it's sort of in dire straits, mm-hmm. there are some shows that deserve much more success. Let's put well if you're if okay, let's are you defining success by ratings? I'm saying buzz and ratings. Okay. Comedies don't bring in ratings, unless you're Big Bang Theory or Modern Family. But there are a lot of good comedies out there. New Girl, Community. Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and that's just going on the networks. Yeah. Mom, I suppose. I don't watch it, but Mom, that's five, just from the big four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archer is still on. Comedy Central has a lot of really good comedies going on right now. Review with Andy Daly, Broad City. Right. Always Sunny, still on there. I Archer. Just... Louis coming back. I just don't think that there's a show that's breaking through as the next big thing. Because that's not really what people want. People don't really want comedies anymore. The success of The Walking Dead and the success of Breaking Bad and the success of Two Detective has pretty proven that the, the show that people want to see today is a gritty, dark drama. <laughs> that takes place outside. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's all people want to see. Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. So even if there were seven or eight or nine or ten great comedies out there, people are Netflix and Dexter instead. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It is. It's really unfortunate, and I do think we need a little bit more lightheartedness. But everyone's really cynical nowadays. Yeah, it's really tough to have a. I wouldn't say sentimental, but just sort of Fun. emotional and just happy show. When you think of really happy shows, you think of like Parks and Recreation mm-hmm. and I don't know some of the ABC stuff yeah. that they do. Like, but like feel feel good TV is not in right now. Yeah, it's it's and it. I think it sucks. It's just bizarre to me that there's not at least something that. People are sort of gravitating towards as an alternative to all the darkness. Well, I mean, everyone's gravitating towards Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, but I that's know. like, but f- but from like what you'd guess from most people, that's the only comedy on TV. Certainly seems like it. Yeah, in all the reruns. <laughs> I don't know. It's a tough situation. It's yeah. a, it's it's a harsh situation, and I do honestly feel bad for. Anybody trying to do a comedy these days, especially mm-hmm. in a network, because they've got to know that they're going to get canceled. Set up for failure almost it is. right away. 
It's really tough to get off the ground. Yeah. And and it's tough uh, even for just the networks in general, even if you are doing a drama. Because yeah, networks true. can't do gritty dramas like cable can. Right. They can't do the two detectives. They can't mm-hmm. do the Breaking Bads. And sometimes they try and it fails immediately. Yeah. Either because... A, the show isn't up to snuff, or B, because network simply doesn't get the ratings that cable does. So even if there is a show on there that's super dark and gritty, you know what I'm talking about. Nobody watches it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hannibal. Like, there we go. <laughs> that's what you're going for. Yeah. yeah. It's A lot of strange. people are saying yeah. that Hannibal is one of the best, one of, if not the best drama on network tv right now yes but it barely gets a million viewers Mm -hmm. well it gets like less than three yeah (laughs) yeah i know it's bizarre to me that it i think if it was on cable it would be a bigger show yeah yeah i'm sure it would because that's what i'm sure it would have more creative capabilities because they show a lot of graphic things on that show Mm -hmm. and you can tell that there are limitations that they're aware of that make it tough to really go there for yeah. a story yeah. that they really want to go there. Yep, yep. But the fact that they're on NBC, it's like, uh, uh how much can we show? Jeez. Uh. <laughs> so. I don't know. It's a tough time out there for TV people. <laughs> it really is. It's, uh, well, surprisingly. L- 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 let me put it this way. It's a, it's a great time out there for a select group of right. TV people. Definitely. For everyone else, it's still... It's still terrible. It's still a struggle. Yeah. The struggle is real. So real. So and real. even shows that start off with huge numbers, such as The Crazy Ones, which debuted to a little under 16 million viewers. Which is kind of huge. That's a bit that's for a comedy, even on CBS. That's yeah. big. Yeah, that's big. Now, it's struggling to get seven million. Mm-hmm. And because people lose interest fast in that stuff. Yeah, it's weird. People are very fickle. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh yeah, they're not willing to give shows a chance. They're not willing to grow with their characters. They just want something quick I mean, and easy. Yep. And then they get want, out. Where are the jokes? Gotta get just the Just give jo- me the jokes. Give just me, hand me the jokes. Give me the jokes in yeah. a set order, 22 minutes or less, yeah. and then I'll take them and be on my way. Yep. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah. Give me the jokes. It's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but a lot of people don't view TV in a critical lens. No. A lot of people just want something to put on as background noise, and if it makes them laugh every once in a while, then even better. Then even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Do we want to end on a positive note? Maybe. Okay. Do you have something in mind? Um, <laughs> because it's tough for me to think of much positive that's happening on television. I'm not talking about TV. I'm just saying in general. Well, that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Oh, for today's... Yeah. Ending today's TV episode. <laughs> let's say... Um, baby... Game of Thrones is coming back? Game of Thrones is coming back. So you can that's all... that's a big deal. You can all lose your shit over that. That's the next big thing for people to, uh... Shit their pants over. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Dragons. Dragons yeah. are bringing in the ratings. Dragons coming on TV this 
spring. <laughs> yeah. So watch out. Watch out. Watch out for the dragons. Yikes. Oof. Yeah, there's not much positive. That's really there's no nothing trending positive that's that's also good, <laughs> quite frankly. But in the same vein, that's sort of how it's always been with television. What about Cheers? Cheers. Nash. Yeah. Friends. But, I mean, like, those are... Anomalous. Dharma and Greg? Dharma and Greg is a show that nobody remembers except for us. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even Jenna Elfman has forgotten that <laughs> at this point. Yeah. And whoever the other one was. Greg? Yeah. Yeah. Greg. Well, okay, well, then I'm going to take this time to say that we are the internet's number one Darwin Greg fans. Mm. Darwin Greg podcast. Yep, the Darwin Greg cast. Wow, that's brilliant. Doing it up. Doing it up. Doing it up. Yeah, baby. Actually, I have something else I want to say. Okay. <laughs> um, what are we running? The internet. The internet. Right. Internet culture has ruined television. <laughs> Internet.com. Ruining television since 2000. gov. Oh, that's a surprise twist. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, going along with what I was saying about True Detective... There were about 8 million think pieces that came out during the course of True Detective about, like, here are 10 ways that True Detective could end. Or, here's all this literature you should read before the finale of True Detective. Here's a picture of a butt. (laughs) There are also those websites. (laughs) (laughs) www.com. Go.disney.com That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really sort of made television into this, like, overanalyzed thing now. Especially, well, mostly it's dramas, obviously, since those are the ones with the bigger plots. But when you think about Breaking Bad and all the things that they said about that and all of these theories about true detective it's if you're in that sort of internet field of you know wanting to supplement your tv viewing with reading reviews and articles and speculation and stuff it can uh, it can take the toll on your enjoyment of the show i think i don't know how much you get invested in that maybe with movies i do a little bit with movies but i try not to because college taught me that if you overanalyze something too much, you start to hate it. <laughs> That's inevitably That's, where yeah. your uh, attitude goes. Yeah, you can only you can only read Shakespeare so much over the course of three months before you start to get Resent it. sick of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's 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 how it's it's okay to analyze. It's fun to analyze, mm-hmm. but I don't know. If it's that great to dissect every bit of it. Exactly. 
Yeah, because then like, all you've all you've got left then is pieces, freeze frames of the entire episode, and yeah. picking out see this yeah. thing in the background. Yeah. There are people that enjoy doing that, and I'm not. Yeah. And those people can go right ahead and do that. That's mm-hmm. fine, but that's not that's not something for me. I'll read a, I'll read a couple of think pieces, some good articles, but I'm not gonna go too too in depth into it. Yeah, it's something you have to sort of prevent yourself from clicking on yeah even though it may be tempting to because it's everywhere yeah it's it everywhere really is. and it's popular it's yeah. a popular function and that's why people keep doing it yep and then they wonder why they're disappointed when the ending is not some big thing yeah that wraps everything up the the, the when the ending is just straightforward right because apparently we hate nothing more than a straightforward ambiguous ending mm-hmm I read a, speaking of which, I read a piece from the Huffington Post. Mo Ryan wrote a thing about how pretty much every drama TV series ending is going to be hated. Yep. <laughs> till the end of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. No matter how good or bad it is. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's what the internet did, I think. The reason why that stuff didn't happen back in the day is because there wasn't an internet in which everybody had a there voice. Wasn't a forum. There wasn't the a forum. Yeah. If if somebody said, oh, you know, I didn't think the finale of the match was that good. Um, there wasn't a place where you could post and in all caps shout about how bad the finale of the match was. Yeah. But now you've got 500,000. And say that everyone who thinks that it was a good finale is stupid. <laughs> but now you've got a place where 500,000 people can do that. Right. And that's what you get. Mm-hmm. It's a double-edged sword, the internet. Yes. Because for all of the great that has brought us, it has also brought us lots of yelling. It's made us very cynical. It's made us very shitty. Yeah. About the way we feel about things. Mm -hmm. And nothing's ever perfect unless it's the way that we want it to be. Yeah. And if it's not the ending that we think it should be, it's it's not a good ending. It's garbage. (laughs) God damn it. It's garbage. Garbage. Take it out of... Take it out of the trash. And it's just like people who watched the finale of Lost. And they watched every single episode for six seasons. And they yeah. loved every minute of it. Yep. And then the finale happened. And then they hated it. And then they're like, this is a horrible show. I wasted, I wasted six, six years, years of my, my life. <laughs> what was the island? I don't know. I guess the whole show was a waste. Yep. You want to hear something controversial? I enjoyed the Lost finale. Gasp. I think it's a wonderful... Closer to a great character study. I don't care if it was super cheesy and sentimental and didn't mm-hmm. answer all the questions. I thought it was the appropriate ending for the I show, and I liked it. And I felt bad for Damon Lindelof, who oh, had God. to spend three, four years apologizing for the Lost finale, right. which he shouldn't have to do. I know. Because it's his goddamn show. He can do whatever the hell he wants with it. Right. He's not indebted to fan servicing. Yeah. I think that's something that I think that's something that some creators understand, and it's something that some creators don't. Is that you're not indebted. Certainly. You're not indebted to your fans. You don't owe your fans anything. Mm-hmm. They can demand and scream and cry all they want, but it's your vision ultimately. That's what I liked about David Chase and the way he ended The Sopranos is that he gave zero shits. <laughs> yeah. About ending his show on a black cut screen yeah with no real resolution uh-huh. 
whatsoever. That's, that's another show that I saw a lot of people comparing the uh, to Detective Finale to. Because again, what? Well, just in terms of just in terms of divisiveness. Yeah. Okay. Just in terms of people saying this was the right ending for the show. This was the. Sh- I know that's a show needed. And then the people saying, why didn't they show what happened at the end? Yeah. Who did he die? Did Tony die? Did Tony die? We'll never know. (laughs) What a terrible show, The Sopranos. (laughs) I wasted eight years of my life, and I still don't know if Tony Soprano died. Whoever this person is wasted so many years of their life. Yeah. I feel bad that they feel that way. Yeah. (laughs) But. But you know what? Let's end it on a positive note. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I like watching TV. I think TV is fun. I get yeah. a lot out of it. TV is awesome. Yeah. When it wants to be. Yep. It's usually great. But you have to look for the goodness and you have to pay attention to because there's a lot of crap. <laughs> let's let's saying. end it positively. I know, that's what I'm saying. Okay. You have to uh, find certain you find you can you can find what you like and what you want on television, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Yeah. Stop There's your... something out there for you. There's something there listeners. for everybody. Mm-hmm. If you like CBS, watch CBS. If Just you leave like, it on all if night. If you like Comedy Central, watch Comedy Central. If you like HBO, watch all the HBO you want. Yeah, or if you only like certain shows on those networks. Watch those shows and don't watch the others. Right. You can do whatever you want. It's your life. This is your life. So there you go. You can Me. Oh. find... Me on the internet, on the Twitter. That's me on the Twitter. Where? At Seabass Brownback. <laughs> oh, great. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin underscore Jacobson. Also, you can find me on nstars.com as a entertainment reporter. You can't find me on Facebook because I don't use it that much. I can still find you. Oh, you can't find me on Tumblr because I don't have one. Link. You can't find me on LinkedIn because I'm... 12. 12 years old, <laughs> as we have already established. Also, I have a blog. Sometimes I write on it. I write on my blog. It's not very productive. Filmiest. Filmiest.blogspot.com You can find me at www.moveon.org that's a reference that only some people will get. Yep. If you get that reference, you can be our listener forever, and we will pay you. And we will invite you on the podcast. Please come on the podcast and come talk on. to us about stuff. Yep. Yeah. This has been episode five of 10,000 episodes of Catching Up yep. with Kevin and Seabass. Kevin and Seabass. Please come back next time where we will say some more things. Don't forget to rate and subscribe us on iTunes. Yes. We desperately need them we we would appreciate it very much yep and we like all of our viewers listeners writers dancers because i'm a joker i'm a smoker and that wraps things up Bye, for tonight. everybody see you next time later